0: Because weightlifting, CrossFit, um, you know, Jiu-Jitsu, all of these sports, right? Like, all these people have one thing in common, regardless of where you come from, and that is they are just passionate about what they do. Right? They continue to show up for themselves, even though through injury, through mental. encouragement' you're meant to be. Like I know it. I've never. My best there. self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, system. man, that was was a moment to change my life. Man,
1: work harder than everyone else and just keep going get up and do it again and again and again the journey to a better you starts right now if you're a part of weightlifting you know virus is pretty much synonymous with the sport it's hard to even find people who aren't wearing virus singlets if you go to a meet i actually met melanie who is my guest today melanie lynn she is the head of global partnerships and sales at virus we met at the arnold got to talking and I knew she'd be a great fit for the podcast she also got into weightlifting recently to just kind of learn what the sport's about and I think that's important I love that they are getting out into the community they're trying new things they're front and center in the sport of weightlifting and really trying to change the way that athletes are supported so this isn't just a podcast to pump up virus but I think there's um there's a lot of good info if you're an athlete and you're looking for sponsorships or you're looking for ways to promote yourself I think you can take a lot away from this one so hope you guys enjoy this one and uh, let's shoot it over there now how'd the uh, podcast that you did with Josh go
0: it was great. So I really got to learn more about his backstory, and after meeting him personally at the Arnold, it was just cool to see everything full circle because I had met Seb um, personally in London uh, for a weightlifting house before, and I know Virus and um, you know their their business has just always had a great relationship. So to be able to be at the Arnold myself, and now I'm actually you know involved in weightlifting. I'm I'm literally two months in on the program, and it's just immersing myself in this community and seeing the fact that virus has, you know, on this community, it's just been epic. So we went through that with Josh, um, you know, talked about my story with virus and how I even got involved, talked about the company's origins. A lot of people, you know, still are wondering why is it called virus, you know, and it's just little things like that. It's just it was really cool to be able to have that open, honest conversation. And I have so much more appreciation and respect now for this sport in particular, just because I I see and feel how difficult it can be. Um, But like anything, this is exactly what Virus has been doing is is like supporting athletes in all of these, you know, amazing sports. So yeah, I feel in it, you know, like truly in it and like walking the walk and not just talking the talk and and being able to support that from the business side and Virus has been epic because I see all of these connections now and like people coming full circle, you know, like it's crazy, truly a small world,
1: truly. Yeah. (laughs) I do have to give a shout out to Josh because he does ask some really good questions. His podcast is really high quality. Sometimes he was on my podcast a few times and like he was asking Max, he was asking better questions than I was. And I was like, I'm just going to sit here and like wait till he just asked Max more questions. (laughs)
0: That's so funny. Yeah, no, he killed it. And and I love just having open, honest conversations like this. I mean, that's what people want to hear, too. So, you know, it was it was it was awesome. So thank you for for having me here, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. What um, like was there a push from virus to actually get out in the community, like to to start doing weightlifting? Or is that something that you just kind of wanted to do on your own since you were already working with people? Yeah, no,
0: that's an excellent question. I mean, and this is this is something that kind of I have to step back to answer it just because from a broader perspective, Um, you know, virus has been around since 2010, right? So for a brand that's been, um, just in the general apparel market for more than 10 years now, um, we always based our origin in our technology and being able to help any athlete. Like our slogan is, you know, expressing the passion that defines you. And that means of any sport, any background, you know, Um, any gender, any, any sort of like, wherever you come from, like, you have to know that our brand is not meant to hold you back. If anything, it's meant to enable you to perform. So we always, um, from the beginning, we saw a gap in the market of brands and companies supporting solo athlete sports. So when you think about weightlifting, powerlifting, um, and even, you know, jujitsu, right? I mean, obviously, you're competing against other people, but it's not like the traditional team sports like football, basketball, etc. So in general, Virus became that beacon to actually provide these athletes with not only quality gear, but literally technical gear that just wasn't made for them. So um, weightlifting was honestly one of the sports first sports that we focused on purely because the original founding team of Virus 10 years ago was made up of a crossfitter, a golfer, a stand-up paddleboarder, a weightlifter. And, and that's how we got you know, into these sports because we utilized who was actually on our team um, and to just kind of use that knowledge and kind of build out the community from there. Um, UFC as well. We even started at one point with motocross, you know, back when motocross was 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 insane and like at peaking, you know, like that's when virus came through. Um, so honestly, it wasn't really like, oh, we're going to wake up and we're going to go into weightlifting today. It was more so like, what are the athletes in the sports that have this pain point, which is just a lack of good stuff. And we were able to come out with a singlet that now to this day, right, is still dominating the market, even though you've got all these other brands out there. So it's been a very interesting journey. But honestly, it took 10 years to build that foundation. Right. And now it's like you wouldn't question it that I'm going to get a virus singlet for a weightlifting me. You you wouldn't you wouldn't question that. So it's just beautiful to see how it's kind of all evolved over the years.
1: Yeah. And I'm not just saying it to pump your tires, but that was like, when I first got into weightlifting, I got this like shitty $30 singlet on Amazon. And then as soon as I realized I was going to take it seriously, I did buy a virus singlet. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't, I don't, like no one said buy a virus singlet, but it was just like, you see it at local meets, you see it at national meets and you're just like, this is what you do.
0: Yeah. Yep, exactly. So it's been, it's been an honor and a privilege to be able to be a part of now, I would say, this is actually, there's a turning point right now internally at the company that we're really refocusing on what it means to be the virus culture. What does it mean to work at virus? And then in turn, what does that mean to then produce and continue to serve the people who have been with us since day one? And then the people who are now just coming in and be like, hey, you know, what's this brand about? And I think it's so exciting because weightlifting, CrossFit, um, you know, jujitsu, all of these sports, right? Like, all these people have one thing in common, regardless of where you come from. And that is they are just passionate about what they do, right? They continue to show up for themselves, even though through injury, through mental anguish. And I can speak to that because literally weightlifting has been making me question myself a lot. It's really a mental game and and no one really talks about that. Um, but it's just like, you know, I have so much respect for all these athletes because it's hard. But yet they find that intrinsic motivation to just show up and compete or train. And that's actually what the virus is. That's literally, you know, all of our athletes had that in common. They have the virus, the passion, that drive that keeps them going. And that is literally the basis of what our company, you know, is representative of. Representative of. So it's, it's cool to really see it actually in, in, in manifested in reality. So
1: Yeah. I love that. What's, um, talk, like talk us through your weightlifting journey. Did you have any, um, experience with a barbell or anything before that?
0: Mm. So, um, actually the very first time I lifted and touched any barbell was, um, first year, freshman year of, of undergraduate, um, university. And it was always like, you know, the amateur, like, oh, I'm just going to like learn from my roommate, you know, at the gym, like how to do a basic back squat, how to front squat, um, you know, how to bench. But it wasn't until actually, um, you know, literally after years of just doing my own thing, it's just kind of general bodybuilding fitness that it wasn't until um, about like, um, right, right, kind of in the beginning of COVID that I actually decided to pick up powerlifting. Um, I, I knew that I was always super strong in my lower body, my legs. I felt really uncomfortable with the idea of just like, you know, putting stuff over my head. And so weightlifting at the time was always cool to me, but I was like, I feel better, um, better, uh, positioned as like a physique and mentally to do powerlifting. So I did powerlifting for about, um, eight or nine months, but then I was like, you know, my body was changing. My physique has changed significantly even just in the last year. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to give it a go. Like my upper body feels good. And and like I've been able to learn the proper techniques of of bench and whatnot that I was like, I built up these muscles that I didn't have in my upper body before. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go over to my friends and our partner at, you know, SoCal Weightlifting and actually try, just try it. And I did five PT sessions. And then I was like, I'm in, like, I'm a member now. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not here for business. This isn't about virus. This is about me and Mel and my weightlifting journey and so here i am like two months later on the team program and it's like you know yesterday i just hit myself in the chin actually for the first time um you know before i before i did a jerk and i feel like i'm a true weightlifter now like i've just gone through the initiation you know so it's it's very humbling but so fun i have so much respect though honestly it's just it's hard no one talks about how mentally challenging it is besides the (laughs) physical
1: Yeah, the the mental game, especially like when you start when you start getting stronger and then you're hitting weights that you're not really sure that you can hit. And you can see there are certain people that I've seen throughout my journey that they're mentally, you can see that they're not going to make a weight before they even go up to the bar. And like pushing past that, but that I think translates over into life. If you're able to, to go up to a bar and clean and jerk it when you didn't think you could, it almost like it's a disservice to yourself if you don't take that into your work life, if you don't take that into your relationships and stuff outside of the gym.
0: Yeah, I love that you say that because I, I would say I'm not a religious person, but I'm very spiritual and I truly believe in you know the power of like manifestation and positive thinking, putting out positive energy to receive that back. And it's so funny because I've done so much work on myself personally, like inner work, self-development, self-growth, and see, I, I'm thriving in life right now. And then I'm in front of a bar and then here I am like, well, I don't know how to snatch anymore or, oh my God, like I suck because I can't get this, like my front foot placement right in my freaking jerk, you know? And so, and like, I'm too nervous to record myself because I just don't want to see it. But then it's funny because people have been recording me and sending me the videos. And it's so funny, like in my snatch attempts for my PR at the moment, it's like the bar's over my head. The problem is I just can't finish and I can't. Stick it because mentally I doubt myself and that one moment of hesitation ruins everything. And so it's funny. I'm bringing in what I'm now doing in life into weightlifting because weightlifting has actually been the ultimate test for me at the moment of like, hey, Mel, did you really do the work on yourself? Did you really did you really build up strong mental capacity? Because here you are. Self-doubt is your best friend again. And I'm like, yeah, this has been very humbling. So it's very interesting that you say that because I'm trying to bring that into weightlifting because that's honestly been the hardest part for me is just the mental. Like, can I do this? Is it really that heavy? No, I know I'm strong, but I can't finish. I just can't. I can't have that confidence finish through my lift. It's so funny. It's really been so funny.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I don't think that ever goes away.
0: Yeah, I've been told that.
1: (laughs) So I'm five years in and five years like you think to be doing especially the same thing you're doing the snatch and the clean and jerk but I just started to notice like I'm getting some technique breakthroughs but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't put in the five years like you can you can get pretty far in this sport through through a couple years of work like there's people who are going to world championships who have trained for a year two years but to really have that um like I don't want to say perfection because it's obviously not perfection, but like to to come into your own as a weightlifter, it just takes so damn long. And if you don't stick it out through that initial phase, like you're probably getting the PRs and everything feels good, and then you have those days where they suck, but it's like it just it's a roller coaster. You just keep going through that. And I think you just you probably just learn how to learn how to suck better.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's truly being better you know than you were yesterday and I think that's been the mindset I've been adapting is like if I can just be one percent better in each session even if some days I just miss my 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 lift completely it's like what did I learn from that what did I take from that and I think you know now especially coming from the perspective of just being an employee of virus is also too like okay now I'm in the sport and I'm in the the um, shoes of the athlete you know how can I make sure like, as a brand, we're doing a service and continuing to do a service to, you know, these athletes who work so, so damn hard. Like it's, it's, you know, the community has been awesome. And I understand like, you know, when people talk about CrossFit being culty, but in a good way, it's like in the same way, like it feels good to like be in my cult now with weightlifting, just because it's such a supportive community, you know, like I could just get the bar over my head, just the bar in a snatch and like people are still hyping me up. Right. And it makes me feel so awesome um, to have that because yeah, I know I can lift the bar. I know it. I've, I've deadlifted and, and, you know, squatted like over 200 pounds but yet right now I'm literally still at 33 kilos just chilling because I'm like that's that's heavy right now (laughs) that is heavy right now so it's just funny it's a really funny thing but I love it and it's I'm I'm in I'm in it you know I need to give myself that time the years Mm -hmm.
1: once you hit those big greens that'll be that'll feel good
0: I know I know I like got the greens on um for my clean and jerk and that felt awesome, but I haven't been able to hit it yet for my snatch, so we'll see. I'm literally one kilo away, and that's what I mean. It's like if I could just beat that one kilo better than yesterday, I'll be better. I'll be better. But it's just, um, yeah, it's been really fun. I, I can't complain. It's it's just been testing me, you know.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I think a lot of brands say that they want to be in the community and they really want to they want to get out there and you know do the work. I think is a really popular thing the execution usually doesn't happen. So what do you think sets you apart to actually want to be involved? Like, you, especially, you could do anything that's that's a lot easier. You could probably pick up a, a skill that, you know, powerlifting, like you said, I don't want to shit on the powerlifters, but I think it is an easier sport in general. But, like, what kind of pushed you into this direction?
0: Um, Yeah, and that's, like, a, there's, like, multiple things I could say there. Honestly, I think, in general, it was – me having personal because that's how I do business in general is I don't obviously mix personal and business. But what I do love to lead with is I know that business can be so dirty. People can be so manipulative and and make false promises that they can't follow through on me the way that I want to do business and especially my role. So my official role at virus is director of global sales and partnerships. My whole basis of my job is relationship building um to be able to not only approach a company or even a gym like SoCal weightlifting, like I don't want to just make money from one event or or this short-term opportunity. I want to be your person and be your company for the long run. And I want to count on that partnership for years. I'm not talking about the next month. I'm talking about the next one, five, ten years. You know, like I have big dreams and I have turned down many opportunities, actually, or even athletes who have approached us and been like, can you sponsor me? Um, just because I I don't like them as a person, you know, like I, we have to work with good people with integrity, who match our values, um, regardless of money, like, yeah, we're a business. And I'm not gonna lie, like, we need to think about what can make us the money. But at the same time, no money is worth a bad relationship. No money is worth somebody you cannot trust. And so now shifting into answering the other part of your question, it's like I have found that the way virus really sets us apart. And, you know, I used to work with athletes, so that was my first role at virus is I, I did manage athlete partnerships and sponsorships and whatnot, did all the contracts and all that. But it's like what I truly believe that sets us apart is because we are a smaller team And because we really pride ourselves on relationship building, I feel like we genuinely want to check up on whether it's our athletes or even like, you know, owners of gyms and coaches that I have relationships with, we genuinely just check in, you know, is there anything we can do for you? Is there anything virus can do better for your business, for your platform? What are your goals and aspirations? And how can we align those with what we want to do as a company? I never approach someone first by saying this is what virus wants from you. I never say that I always go with how can we help you to then help us, you know, and that I think separates it. And, you know, because we're an international brand. Right. So we actually have um, our HQs in California and the United States. Right. But we've got a European division headquarters in Northern Ireland. Then we've got um, in in Oceania in New Zealand, also um, a little team there. And so, yeah, we're global. And so we had an athlete recently, actually, she's one of the top, if not one of, if not the top um, female power in New Zealand. And she came, um, she came to Europe, went over to the UK for a competition. And we literally had one of our team members who was out there literally lived in the same town that the event was taking place. And we told her, you need to go meet her. And like, she personally hosted the athlete in her own home, like really welcomed her and just, you know, was just there for her um supporting her through that and then and obviously some brands may be able to do that but this is why i've received feedback of like how come it seems like virus is very selective with their athletes i'm like it's for that reason like we don't want a number over quality relationships if you're with virus we're going to treat you like family you are a part of the family and we're going to care for you wherever you go if this athlete from new zealand came to california you bet you i would have hosted her myself you know and and that's That's what I believe the difference is, that we care to that level. And we've had many athletes over the years be like, oh, yeah, like Adidas, Nike or whatever paid me like double what virus was paying me. But the issue was no one talked to me for the whole time that I was an athlete like they didn't care about me they just cared about did I bring home, bring home money for them or not and it's and you know again I will say and it's obvious right like virus doesn't have the wallet or the deep pockets like a brand like Nike or Lululemon does but what we do offer is that personal connection like we really care we really customize the feedback that we receive from all sports you know into our products and we're not just trying to churn out products just to sell and that's what i feel like the likes of nike champion all those big um people in the market have done which is why their stuff now has become so cheap because there's just so much of it out there but you don't see virus everywhere yet but there's a really smart way to grow and it's all based on relationship building so i know that was a very long winded way to answer your question but that is the core of like what I believe in. And for me as like one of the leaders in this company, that is the way that I'm proceeding with how we as a company respond to society, to people and just to the people who have been there with us. So
1: yeah, yeah, I think that's great. And even today i think it's so easy to to donate to a cause it's so easy to just cut a check and you don't know where that money goes you don't know who it's impacting even like everything there there's a protest here you know donate just donate to this fund and you're like i don't even know where this money's going to go or who this is actually going to impact but like to actually get out in the community and and be genuine show your face i think is super powerful
0: yeah and this topic actually also is like we could always we could literally go off a whole hour just on this, I think my my stance on, you know, CSR, corporate social responsibility is is huge, right? Like, I truly believe that companies, especially business, um, you know, for profit organizations have an obligation to have transparency on some level to the public on what they're doing with their company, whether that's bettering somebody with the service or product they offer or whether that's using all the money they've made to make an impact on the world somehow, right? And I can take, especially all the social issues that have happened over the last few years, like I take BLM or AAPI, you know, we had a stance on that and especially like our company, like you can see from me alone, like, so our, our CEO is Taiwanese. Um, We have multiple, you know, Asian people on the team, as an example, multiple people of all other ethnicities on the team. Like we ourselves are trying to be the people that we wanna reflect to the world but it's like when we made a stance on things like BLM or AAPI when all that was happening you know people applauded us for saying stuff but then people also came at us for saying stuff and it's just like you can't there's no win-win because it's such a divisive like it's so opinionated and it's kind of hard as a company sometimes to even want to make a statement because you could be punished for also not releasing something but then also saying hey what you released wasn't good enough and I think Mm -hmm. that has been like the very fine line of like balancing, you know, politics and business and just like objectively what we're trying to do here. So, you know, again, for me, when I think about this topic of like how we can just be better, I just think about first and foremost, let's make sure our customers are happy and know that we are making, you know, we really try to tell a story with what we're trying to do here down to we just created a fabric called EcoCloud right it's made of uh recycled water bottles and there's nine water bottles in each shirt you know like we're able, we're really trying to be transparent here about what's in our products how are they made you know i've been to the factories myself in asia we don't use child labor there's no um unethical work standards or anything like i've seen it with my own eyes you know i've spoken to the factory workers that produce the virus garments you know it's 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 so important that people know that as a business, we are literally walking the walk um, and not being that shady, like we're just trying to make a quick buck, you know. And I think that's also what happened when COVID hit. A lot of people who didn't know virus came at us as a company for trying to capitalize on COVID because we're called virus. And that was very (laughs) right. Because I'm like, no, we've been here for 10 years, you know, like we never tried to make money on the coronavirus. But see, that's how it was perceived. So it's just it's very interesting, you know, when you come across situations like that, like there's a big balance of like, what do I say? Do I say too much? Do we just stay neutral? It's 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 a very interesting world of just PR and all that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm actually I'm reading this book right now. It's called Cobalt Red. It's about the uh, the cobalt mines in the Congo, and basically, what these these miners everything that we use, like uh, any rechargeable battery, so phone, tablet, computer, literally what I'm using right now to record this, is cobalt. And these people, basically, I think it's seventy percent of the world's cobalt comes from the Congo, and it's it's child laborers, and and they have all these things. It's kind of like um. Like they org you know how things are organic, certified organic, and it's like, Okay, but what does that actually mean? And this guy went to the Congo and he's like, Okay, there's these standards in place that says there's no child labor, there's no human trafficking and then he goes in the mines and he's like no there's eight year old kids who are mining for this cobalt and it's it's in our phones it's in our computers it's going to be in all the electric cars so it's 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 so crazy like and i don't i don't have the answers i don't know what to do about that but i think just kind of like trying to learn about it and then and then making a small impact like i think we can we can all make an impact ourselves it doesn't have to be we all go to the congo and we stop using cell phones or stop using um stop production of electric cars but like I guess being aware of stuff is is really important
0: yep yep I think about I mean it's all about transparency right and I think about Patagonia is such a like I I studied so I went to business school and Patagonia was one of the first cases that we dive deep into deep down of like how the CEO founded it the culture that's so strong you know within Patagonia and how when they they came out with a campaign that literally said not buy this jacket because it's so bad for the environment and this is you know what goes into the production of this jacket and yet their sales were like that you know it's just like the beauty of just brands and the people it's all about like it all comes back to the people the people behind brands the intentionality if that's clear to the public as well as being transparent along the journey then there's nothing to hide and i find that that is what customers now really gravitate to it's not about objectively do you make a good product or not and does it look good because how many clothing brands are out there there's like a new clothing brand coming out every day i feel like viore just kind of popped off overnight you know what i mean and it's like they're not making anything different or or anything like substantially shocking to the market it's just another clothing brand but like people are attached to what that brand means people are attached to you know what the story is the people behind it and i think with virus like that is what i am trying to push for with my team is like if our culture is strong within our company, how do we get everyone else to see it, even if they don't work at Virus? And that is the biggest thing, literally the biggest thing.
1: Yeah, I think it'd probably be impossible to get somebody from Nike or an executive at Adidas or Lululemon on the podcast. But for for you to even be doing this, like I, I think, is really cool.
0: I appreciate it. I mean, and again, I'm an open book, and like I want to tell people, like for people who ask me, especially all the time, like business questions or just things about virus. It's like, I have no problem saying it. Like, obviously I'm not going to divulge confidential information, but I pretty much get pretty much close to the real deal of like, these are our problems, but these are also our successes. And as a company, what are we going to do next? And also if I need to recruit people, you know, I've hired myself a whole bunch of key people that are now killing it at virus. It's like to even have gone through that process. I didn't get it right every time, you know, it's just, it's just finding the right people that match what you're trying to do. And then you always can produce more when you're together. Like you literally cannot be successful by yourself. And that's why, especially head of partnerships, like I'm trying to make all these relationships, like getting on podcasts like this. It's just, I don't I don't care if the podcast is only listened to by five people. That's just another five people that now know my story. You know, and mm-hmm. I I won't ever say no to any opportunity for someone who's willing to listen because I think these are conversations we should always be having, especially in the business world where so much is like, hidden or it's just shady at times, you know, and I, I never want to be that part of that business. I always want to be clean, transparent, um, positive and like open, you know, that's, that's literally how I'm how I live the way I work every day here.
1: That's awesome. I would love to kind of dive into just even the the athlete side that you used to work with so maybe you're not as involved with it anymore but i think weightlifting so it's this unique sport you can so i can go i'm not a great weightlifter by any means but i'm competing on the same platform as dudes who are my weight class isn't in the olympics anymore but like i was competing with guys who were in the world championships who were doing this kind it's it's very weird because you have like Professionals, but there's not that many of them. But you also have people who are sharing the platform with them are just hobbyists and like doing this for fun. Everybody usually works a full time job, maybe some more than others. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's very unique. But, like, how do you think the athlete side moves forward to where people can get to that next level? Because so. One person who I always think about is Danielle Gunnan. She's been on the podcast a few times. She's an amazing weightlifter. She quit her job to go all in. She just won silver at the Pan American Championships. But, like, for her to go to the Olympics, she needs support. So, like, how do you – support athletes even in general like what does that kind of look like in the virus sensor even if you had ideas going forward where where it's not associated with virus but like how can we help these athletes
0: yeah and i think that's a big part of it right because we center all of our products we center the development of everything and the testing around the athlete right and these the sports that we um support Oh, I would say over the years, you know, the way that we've worked with athletes has obviously changed because we went from, you know, utilizing athletes as true ambassadors, right? To now we're in the era of everyone's an influencer and everybody wants to be paid to be an influencer, right? Right. And there's a difference between now we have, we have to distinguish, are you truly a weightlifter or are you a weightlifting influencer? Right. And we, and like, honestly we've had some of those people where hey your 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 stats may be good your metrics may be good on Instagram and your engagements up and all of that but you're not a good weightlifter objectively and people in the community don't respect you even though you have a high social media following do you know what I mean so it even as a brand sometimes it's really hard for us to like you know, discern between like, who are the bad apples and who are the good apples. And the good apple doesn't just mean you're a good weightlifter. It's like, are you even as a personal person? You know, are you willing to work with us? Are you willing to actually support the brand? So I will tell you at virus, we don't, we don't work with any athletes who don't know virus period. We've had a lot of athletes approach us, especially like from actually funny enough, like the NFL world or the MLB world, and they come to us and they're like, I've heard of you guys, I don't have any of your products, but this is who I am and you need to pay me 10 grand for me to work with you on anything. You know, someone's literally approached me about that. I've had an MMA fighter ask me, hey, um, I want virus to sponsor me. Um, I don't really have clothes, though. So I want you to send me stuff. And also, if you want your logo on my shorts on the next fight, it's going to be 15 grand. That's literally an email I got and I didn't even respond, you know. And so it's one of those things where at the moment, the way we work with athletes there's still remnants of the traditional way of working with them. So that, that involves like traditional stipend every month, um, compensation. Right. And then obviously you've got a code that you can always be making money off of as well as you push that and you push sales. But we really found that especially now with how heavy being an influencer is or just how much noise there is, um, from that respect on social media, but also in general, I feel like the algorithms kind of screwing everybody up now. You know, I find that social media is, is a necessity, but it's not the sole way of activating communities anymore. So the way we work with our athletes too, we really pinpoint it on surrounding the athlete. What does their community look like? What are their personal goals? What are their passions? We center our work with them around that, And we get a much bigger return than just telling them, hey, you can just push the code. You know, it it used to work but it it doesn't anymore and there's no like genuine connection there because they could do easily that for us and then Lululemon tomorrow. And that's what has happened in the past. And so now for example, like take, you know, Laura Donna Toma, who's one of our athletes, right? Um, you know, or West Kids. What we're doing now with them is we're literally building an exclusive collection around them. So West Kids has his personal brand, um, you know, Toma the Tominator. Like we're really trying to build um product centric things around their personal passion because that's going to translate better with the community than them just being like hey here's my code west 10 use it or hey like these are like joggers i really like but it's like everybody knows that like our joggers are good right or like we have good products but like it stops there and we cannot be a genuine um representation to a community especially if like there are people who don't know who Toma is, or they don't know who Kids is. They're just seeing this person representing Virus. Like it needs to make sense to anybody who sees it. So we're really trying to work deeper in that way. And then again, we've actually—I'll tell you transparently—before um, COVID, so this was like two years ago. You know, Virus actually worked with um, about 200 athletes um, when I was managing it. Like, yeah, it was it was 200, and it was really hard because I felt like. I felt like I was letting some relationships fall through the gap simply because there was just so many of them. And I forgot who some of them were just because some of them just didn't care to be responsive to me. And then I couldn't handle that relationship. And so we've made a massive cut. Now we've cut more than 50% from that number. And now we're able to really have these one-on-one friendships and relationships with these folks to build up a long-term, hey. Virus will support you in this way but we would love to you know see like if you had ideas on how to push this partnership forward because a lot of these times the main feedback from these athletes is these big brands just tell me what to do and then I receive a paycheck and that's it and that that um structure does not work especially when you're Virus um like we are still a small mid-sized company and we want to approach building genuine connections instead of just like, hey, like, here's money to dump into sponsoring these posts. So I would say that's the difference. Um, Even the example before I gave you about, you know, sending someone from our team to, to meet this powerlifter who came from a completely different country, Um, you know, things like that, we try to go that extra mile wherever it makes sense and wherever we can to make sure that the athlete knows that we genuinely care. We're not just like treating them like cash cows, because they're not yeah, they make us money and that's a great thing, but I want it to be a win-win. How are we helping the athlete? um, If they're passionate about something, Um, how can we bring attention to what they're passionate about? So I think about Bryce Lewis, who's um, um, one of our powerlifting athletes, and he is probably one of the most passionate people out there. He really cares about social justice. He cares about um, the environment. He's always asking virus, you know, what are you guys doing about these issues? Or how can we, how can I use our platform together to bring awareness to these things. And I appreciate that because he cares, he genuinely cares. And he is, he's pushing us as a company to be better and to step it up and we appreciate that. So that's just the prime example of the type of people we work with anymore. But if I get approached by, you know, an influencer who's got a million followers, right? But is asking me to pay him 200K a post, I'm not doing that. Maybe I'll get a million eyes but maybe it won't mean anything because then this person will just go to the next brand tomorrow and do the same thing. It's not worth it. So that's kind of how we approach it.
1: I think these mid-level athletes a lot of times get left behind because it's, it's that, do you want to take the step where you have to quit your job, where you have to go all in on training? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't have the means to do that. But I think at the same time, like for some people, it might be, Hey, a couple pairs of joggers to train in or a couple pairs, uh, just whatever, like that can mean a lot to people. And even, um, Jordan Wissinger, who used to be a 67 kilo weightlifter, he said, like, trying to get on that stipend program, you're kind of, you're in it and then you're not. So based on if somebody just comes along and beats your total, you're, you're shit out of luck and you're making it work by yourself. And you kind of get left behind trying to get back on that stipend program. So you can even get like $300 a month to, to pay towards your supplements or pay towards your food, like to, to keep these people going. And I think it's sad because there's, there's probably a lot of great weightlifters who will never be at that elite level just because they can't make it work with their lifestyle.
0: Yeah. And that's always been a hard thing too. And I will say, um, you know, Virus has actually worked with pretty much every athlete on every level. Like we've had, you know, Olympians, but we've also had up and coming young, young, you know, the new young generation. Like one of our jujitsu athletes that is now literally killing it in her in her age age group and her weight class. Like she literally was um nineteen. You know, when we reached out to her at first, like we recognized her potential and we told her, we want to invest in you because we see it. And I remember in that first conversation with her, she was like, Me? You want to work with me? Why? You know, and it's like, No, because we see it. And like, you don't need to be a West Kids for Virus to work with you. You don't. Like, and actually, it's funny, like, oftentimes it's those higher level people that are the most difficult to work with, you know, because they've been able to build up their resume and their repertoire. But then, that sense of entitlement comes in, you know, and it's that attitude that makes it really difficult to work with some of these people. And at that point, I'm not even talking to these people most of the time. I'm reporting to their agents, right? And the agents always want something as part of the cut, you know, so it it, it does have like different levels of issues with each specific sport um, and level of athlete. But I will say, and I've talked about this before, you know, on that, on that podcast with Rich, it was like the best advice I could give you know, from a company who who does seek athletes it's just be your most genuine self. You know, money is always going to be something that is a burden, right? There's always going to be that finance looming in the background for all of us, right? But I think as an athlete, the most important thing is in order for you to be recognized by brand, you really need to be your most authentic self and ask for what you want, but also be clear about your goals. If we're not clear about your goals. And we're just giving you money. It's a transaction. It's not a relationship. And I think that has been what virus had learned over the years, because we did pursue a lot of high level partnerships with really high level athletes. But guess what, it was the interpersonal relationship that fell through first, it was the communication that fell through first, it wasn't the money, it was all about the interpersonal stuff, right. And so that's literally the best thing I can say. And to for these athletes to know, okay, what am I trying to get from this relationship with each brand I work with, not just virus, you have to be clear about that. Otherwise, yeah, one day you've got this brand tomorrow, you don't. And I've I've spoken to so many athletes, especially athletes who are trying to get into it. And they're still at that, like amateur, but could have potential to be a professional, right. And I tell them, look, it's not my place to tell you to quit everything and just try your best to like get money from sponsors. It's not my place or decision to do that. However, what I can say is there is a secret sauce, a secret formula to do it, but it all comes from you finding the right brands that actually align with you as a person with your values. So you feel better about literally committing your time and energy to working for that brand. Um, and like, I can give a great example of someone who does this and she's not with us, but, um, I met Yasmin Stevens personally when she came to the States. Um, I think it was last year. I actually hosted her in my apartment, um, because she was trying to just visit Southern California. And even though she's with Gymshark, it's like, I heard her personal story and from being the first, literally the first female in Malta to reach that level and to go to the Olympics and like hear how she got there. It was like, yeah. She told me her financial struggles in the beginning. It was really hard. But she also told me that besides Gymshark, all the other brands she's worked with, she only supports companies that mirror her values. She only supports companies that genuinely have products that she can believe in because that makes it easier for her to now work with these brands who obviously support her to give her the career that she's got. And so that really inspired me. And, you know, I took a lot from literally living with her for like a few days and like hearing her speak. And I brought some of those ideas back to virus because again, it's stuff that I've been trying to do and we've been trying to do as a company. And yeah, we, we hit and miss sometimes, you know and that's just natural, but there's people like Yasmin out there for their level and how they are but also how passionate they are as human beings. You know, like it's just, it's it's awesome to see like when that alignment happens between person and company and then the values together. That's where the magic happens. But if you go out there strictly looking for wherever you can get money, maybe that'll be a good short-term solution. But that's not sustainable in the long run because there's no relationship there. You could drop the brand tomorrow and vice versa, the brand could drop you tomorrow. So that's kind of how I see it from literally all the experiences I've had thus far.
1: I think you're always kind of thinking in the back of your mind too. Like I could, if you're, if you're working with somebody who you're not aligned with, you're thinking like I could say the wrong thing. I could make a story post on social media and that's kind of it if they know what I truly think. So it is important, but I do think at the beginning when, you know, somebody offers you $250 or 500 bucks a month, that could be huge for some people. So they're like, yeah, I'll jump on this and then kind of, It withers away when they're their true selves. But yeah, I think that is good advice. What about um, Say somebody who who like doesn't like social media? I'm kind of speaking for myself, but like You you don't necessarily like social media, but like is there a way to kind of work with brands and approach them to Because I think it's it's very easy to say like, oh, what can I do for virus and you're kind of like well nothing like Because I think that's like a a thing, especially like somebody who doesn't have a big social media following you, you might push the code, but you don't really get any engagement. So like, what's kind of, I don't know, that's like a loaded question. I don't really know where I'm going with that.
0: No, I mean, I get what you're asking. And I think the way the best way I can answer it, honestly, because if I were in your shoes, you know, I would think about obviously weightlifting is important to you. But also Mm -hmm. what other aspects, you know, of life? end of work, you know, speak to you. Um, For example, pretty much every team member here on our marketing team, you know, myself and sales. So like, for example, like I I'm in weightlifting now, but like I've been practicing yoga, I was a yoga teacher for years, I did powerlifting. And then my partner Anna, she's literally been a CrossFitter for seven years. And then our marketing team, most of them do CrossFit, some of them do powerlifting. So again, all of us are athletes in the sports that we 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 provide and work for but we also work at virus so it's like the way i see it you don't just have opportunity as an athlete if you are an athlete you could also be good at coding i don't know you could know you 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 could literally help there or you know if you are a full-time athlete it's like okay i'm the best i'm the best contender for product feedback and product testing and i can actually provide like value to you as a brand to give you an insight as to what this market needs because i'm in it you know like it, you can think of creative ways and i think that's always been the biggest thing when i get approached by athletes is they all seem to think it's just money like i can come to a brand that i think is super big and i can ask them for money because i can just shoot my shot they don't think about hey What other value could I pitch to this brand about me aside from me just being an athlete? Like, obviously, there's more facets to every human being. You're not just your sport. Right. And so I've met, you know, professional athletes who literally studied statistics or they're an engineer or a nurse at their day job, you know, and like they're very passionate about these other things that is not just about their sport. So, you know, you bring that into the perspective of working with brands, like think creatively. What is something else you bring to the table besides being an athlete? You know,
1: mm.
0: I think that's the best advice I could give because, again, all of us at Virus are literally doing it. You know, I, 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 even before powerlifting and before weightlifting, I was still able to hold a conversation with a jujitsu athlete and I know nothing about jujitsu. I've never, I've never done it, you know, and so it's just being able to like think about, it's all again, it all comes back. This is like the theme of this conversation. It all comes back to, can you build that relationship with that human being setting aside for a second that they're that athlete? What can we do to help each other? And if the athlete part of it comes in great, but if not, you're a human being with all these other beautiful qualities about you, what can we do there? Can we do something there? And that is probably the best way I can answer that question because it's possible. I just think people need to like get out of the mindset that being an athlete strictly only means i have to be a social media influencer i don't think that's the case you know you can provide so much more value and i to me social media from a business perspective i keep saying this is a necessity but I don't believe it's the end all be all anymore, especially when now, what is it? Like you can now buy or like, you know, subscribe to like get that blue check mark. So basically now it doesn't mean anything if you have the blue check mark and apologies if I offended anyone with that statement. But, it's, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That's a prime example of how the, the, the landscape's changing. The way that business is being performed on social media platforms is changing. The way that you use TikTok versus Instagram, there's so much there, right? But it's like, as a business, how do you know what's the the right way you know and and that's 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 up to the athlete that's up to the people who are able to actually answer those questions because you guys are the ones deeply in it so you know there's that
1: yeah i think just not enough people have that long term outlook everybody wants a quick fix everything everybody wants stuff now and it's like if i can if i can get this out of them now if i can get a free backpack if i can get a free whatever like people jump at that opportunity and not like Hey, how do I first build myself up as an athlete to where I'm good enough to even be marketable? But it like you said, it does kind of it does work. I've seen people with hundreds of thousands of followers who are not good weightlifters. The Danielle Gunnan example, she's snatching more than a lot of people in her weight class are clean and jerking, and there's a lot of people who have way more followers than her. But I mean, she's gonna be that athlete who three, four, five years down the road, like she's, I think, going to be marketable just because she's been genuine this whole time. She's been open with her training and how she has bad days. And those people with hundreds of thousands of followers, they don't don't post stuff like that.
0: Yeah, more often than not, they only post like, like the ideal scenario, right? That's just not realistic, right? But I think, again, for someone like her, she needs to find a company that has seen that from the beginning she needs to find a company that values her being genuine instead of trying to just compare athlete numbers right because you can compare stats all day but honestly that doesn't mean shit if you're a terrible person in my opinion right mm-hmm. so it really all just depends on the people you work with including brands that's a reflection of what you want to be and what you want to put out there right and that's why virus too we have a strict policy where if you're for for, for doping or anything like that, or you're just caught, you know, in something, you know, insane, like we will cut you right away. No questions asked, because we as a brand care so much about what we represent, that an extension of us is athletes. And if any of our athletes are problematic, we can't have that. And that is that is something we just can't stand behind, you know, and I know a lot of other brands do the same thing, right. And it's for a reason. It's because you have to make sure that they are in line with their values otherwise it's like you easily could be as damaging to us even though you're just a third-party athlete working with us you know and that's that's something like we need to protect the house and we need to protect what we are viewed in the eyes of other people in the public
1: yeah i think it's very interesting like to to even have that dynamic like the the business and human side because i i think that's like a under talked about subject to where like you have to care about the human, but also it's the business first, and I, I'm sure that's like, that's tough for you sometimes. You, you know, you have you might have to cut somebody who you really like, and it's like, hey, this is this Not is how personal. it is.
0: I mean, again, I can tell you. So my my dad's actually the the CEO. My father is literally the original founder of Virus, and I never actually expected to be here, like literally working for the company. Because growing up, I thought no, like. I want to do my own thing. I have my own dreams. Like I don't need to take over the family business, you know? Um, And here I am. But it's again, like, that's why I say and why I I feel so strongly about relationships is because I've, I've worked in, you know, the previous company. And I actually, um, you know, I I've always been like entrepreneurial. I actually started my own company before I even came to virus. And I started it with my ex who I was engaged to and I was with for six years that fell apart and then now it's like a daily struggle of like keeping the balance of working with my own father which at times is great but then when it's bad it gets really bad you know because you try hard to not let the emotional side bleed into it that's exactly what happened in my last company it's like our business issues bled into our personal relationship right and it's so hard for people to keep it separate when you just don't know how to keep it separate so I will say like on that note it's just like That's why I I put so much attention to it, because at the end of the day, who are the people behind every company? They're real human beings. They're not robots. They're real human beings with real human feelings and real human problems. And yes, like we're a business and we have to make the bottom line. We have to um, save the company to be able to, you know, support the livelihoods of everybody who works here. But at the same time, you can't treat it so inhumane that you know, you end up losing faith in in your people. And then in turn, you're left alone. And that's square one again. And so, you know, the way I see it from my position, but also, you know, the dynamic in which like I'm operating in, it's also like, you know, I know it's not been easy. Like I'll tell you transparently, the first year I came into virus, everyone only saw me as a CEO's daughter, not my qualifications, not the fact that I have a business degree, not the fact that I also owned my own business and ran it from scratch for a year you know, it was like, no, it's just nepotism. And that was really hard for me. It took extra effort for me in the first year I worked at virus to actually prove myself and earn the respect of my team members. So I know that deep down, like that is literally the foundation in which I built myself here. It's like, this wasn't just handed to me. I had to work just as hard, if not harder in the beginning. And now I truly value taking that, what I experienced and being like, Hey, I need to give the benefit of the doubt to people. And if I can't if I can't make a good relationship and trust in the people first, there's no business talk at all. And so that's kind of how I've done it. And, you know, overall, very successful. I've had, we, we have a couple big partnerships now who literally told me that the only reason why they chose us is because they liked us better as people instead of the people they talked to at Lululemon or Adidas and whatnot. They chose us, the smaller guy, over them because of strictly the personal relationship that we were able to build with them. And it was just me having a real conversation with them. So it's honestly a balance all the time, but there's always gonna be successes and fails. But I will say I have a repertoire now of experience where I'm like, yeah, this is the secret to a successful business in general for any company is you you have to put your people first and you have to give people the chance to prove themselves and see the personal side and how that works in a professional setting. Because you you can't be like two different people, one different at work and one different at home. They're always related, you know what I mean? People can hide it well, but it's like, if deep down you're not a good person, then I'm sorry, like I can't work with you, and that period. And that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't think about that a lot. And I think social media kind of amplifies that, that it's so easy to to write a comment and to call somebody an asshole or say they're wrong about something. It's just, it's so easy to do that. And like, you have to, I know we're not talking in person, but we met at the Arnold. Like we had a, we had a good conversation at the Arnold and like doing that is, I, I don't think it's hard, but like it takes actual effort. Like you have to go out and introduce yourself. You have to like put yourself in some uncomfortable situations. But I think I mean, like as a society, we're just kind of, we're like in this rut to where, and the, the other thing I was thinking, um, even like before we were getting started, like the power of just voting, like, like we can really vote with our dollars. Like we, everybody has to wear clothes, everybody, Mm -hmm. like I'm wearing clothes right now, you're wearing clothes. Um, and most of them are branded. Like I'm wearing Onyx straps. I, I genuinely like their straps. I like this shirt. But you don't kind of think about the the person who made this, the person who sewed this together, the person who made the leather straps that I have. And like, I, I just think it's so easy. It's like convenience to where we're, we're like complaining that, oh, everybody in America is so obese, but like all the money is going towards these quick fast food restaurants. Like if there wasn't if we didn't put money into fast food, then another industry like health food would be more popular. So I think like, we really have to be conscious of like, where we put our dollars, what brands we support. I think it's, it's very quick and easy to just to buy the cheapest thing on Amazon. And you can, you, you know, you get it that day, maybe you might not get your virus gear for a week. But you know, it's like coming from somebody genuine, somebody who wants you to be a better athlete.
0: Right. Right. And that's, again, that's in that, that exact situation you speak of, that is literally what separates, you know, your ideal customer versus someone who's not right. I am never going to like, if you're the type of person who's like, cause I've met them before. I've literally met someone who's like, I like the virus stuff, but I personally will never spend more than $30 on a pair of shorts. And I'm like, that's fine. I will never ask you to become a virus customer because I don't want you that badly. You have your preferences that's your preference. Right. But then we're always going to find the person that's like, no, you know what? Like I want to invest in good quality gear that I know will last with me for a long time. Okay. Yeah. That's easier. Like, like virus is not going to be for everybody and period. I, we know that like, that's why we try to be in all these sports, but we're also like, you know what though? Like, that's why we have some athletes who are like, i i like to work with other brands simply because you know virus like doesn't make shoes for example i'm like that's fair like i'm not telling you you can't work with another clothing company like do whatever you want i'm just saying as long as you and i get along and as long as you get along with what virus represents like we're good you know and so it, it just becomes a matter of like understanding the whole system right knowing our responsibility as a business and likewise as a consumer what every choice means um for the world that we live in right like You can buy a five dollar really cheap con shirt that probably was made you know by a 12 year old in china or you can buy this really expensive water bottle shirt right that but it's eco-friendly and it's really nice quality and it's gonna last you for a long time but it's like triple the price you know what i mean and so it really all just depends on as a choice we as consumers always have a choice i'm guilty of ordering really cheap stuff on amazon if it's not clothing right like You know, I don't want to buy like an expensive like hydro flask if I can just buy a dupe for like half the price, even though I know a hydro flask will be really good. Right. But we all do that. And I think the main thing, you know, coming from the business perspective is as long as we are clear about what we represent to um, the market and to our customer, that's enough. As long as we're able to reach the people who have been crying for help on I just need good gear, then that is when we have done our job. So like last October, I actually took a whole month and I was traveling in Asia. I traveled to Singapore. I traveled to Thailand, Indonesia. I saw people wearing virus there. I met with gyms who had all these people who saw me head to in an virus. And they're like, I've heard of virus and I, I've followed you guys for years, but I just don't know how to get your stuff. And so it's like, there's that, right? I'm like, okay, clearly virus has room to grow because there's all these people who just don't know how to get their hands on our stuff. Right. And those are the people that I want to serve. Right. I'm not going to waste my time going after the person who's always going to just buy those $30 pair of shorts who they know it's going to rip, but they'd rather replace it. And that's fine. Right. Like I don't need to, I don't need to change their preference. But if I can like find the consumer who knows where they want to put their money and cares about what we care about, that's a win. That's a win. So
1: yeah, 100%. I love it. I think I, I think you gave some really, powerful uh even business tips. I think I think this will be really beneficial for people. Where can uh where can they go if they want to get in contact with you or even just like the virus website in general?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I would say and sorry this is going to sound like a plug, but I'm also the head of sales, so it's very on brand for me. Um if you're interested at all um working not just as an athlete but also as a gym, if you're a coach or if you just are a team and you're just like how can we get with virus in some shape or form i um, just email me um I'll, I'll give you my email and you can link it but it's just melanie at dot and honestly um never be shy you know our customer service team is always on it so if you just have any questions about how you can support the brand or like work with us in any way usually those emails are filtered through to me and my partner so like literally you know we are here every day just trying to like understand what do the people want you know that's literally what it is so so yeah feel free to reach out to me um i i always get a whole bunch of um emails after i do a podcast just with general questions and whatnot and so it, i just love doing that so if i if if you've never heard of virus and this was your first um exposure to it i'm i'm happy like i'm i i'm glad i did this um and if you've been a fan and and you appreciate like and you see an inside scoop as to like what it is and and you appreciate that then i've also done my job like this is so important to me that you know we build a good community because virus is going to be here for the next 10 20 30 years we're not going anywhere and we're going to continue to be better and i will personally make sure that that's the direction we're going so yeah reach out to me um if there's anything else and then if i'm not the person to help you i'll connect you with someone else on my team
1: awesome well thank you so much for coming on this was fun
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
1: Really, really appreciate it.